The process of landing investment banking job offers can often feel like a black box, which leads to confusion and anxiety for most of the candidates going through it. Hey, my name is Sam Shaw, and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I've personally coached numerous students on how to successfully break into top-tier investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Centerview, Evercore, and PJT Partners, just to name a few. On this podcast, I'm going to help you demystify the investment banking recruiting process by sharing what the clients of Wall Street Mastermind have done to get results like these. Enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, guys? If you like the content today, I want you to go and click the subscribe button so that we can make sure that you get all of our future content uh, every single week because I'm putting out more and more content like this multiple times a week to help you get the investment banking job that you want. Okay, so today what I want to talk about is the hire view process. Okay, and for those of you that don't know what a hire view is, um, it's essentially the video interviews that have become more and more popular now. It's being used by more and more of the top banks, especially the bulge bracket banks, even the elite boutique banks and some middle market banks. But a lot of these banks are starting to use a hire view as the first step in their interview process. Okay, what that means is uh, previously, you know, as of like maybe five plus years ago, the first round interview typically is with an actual banker or with someone from HR or it could be a phone interview, right? But nowadays what the banks are doing is they're actually having you do the first round just on the computer. You're going to get asked some questions and you're going to record your answers into the computer and then it's going to get submitted. Uh, and so instead of talking to a person, you feel like you're just speaking to a computer or you're just talking to yourself, right? And your answer gets recorded and it gets sent uh, to this, I guess, machine learning algorithm where they will evaluate your answer uh, based on supposedly over 15,000 different variables. So, so it's, it's as detailed as, you know, your body language or whether you're sitting up or you're slouching or, you know, the way your eye contact is. Are you looking up or to the side or down? Um, the inflection in your voice. And so it's not even just what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. And quite frankly, you know, with these artificial intelligence, machine learning algorithm type stuff, it's a black box, right? Like nobody knows what it's actually looking for, okay? But supposedly they're comparing your recording to recordings of previous candidates or uh, maybe people that have already been hired by the firm, perhaps even people that have not only been hired by the firm but have, have done very, very well in the job. They want to find more and more people who are similar to those uh, really, really good candidates that they've hired previously, right? So this really uh, gives a lot of candidates a lot of anxiety because it's kind of weird when you're not talking to a human. You're just speaking to yourself and you have no idea how you're being graded or what are you being judged by, right? And so a lot of people, they get stuck on this higher view stage where, um, by the way, they give higher views very liberally. So that's the other thing while I'm on this topic is like if you get a higher view from the bank, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like when I, I speak to my clients, like we don't even count the higher view as like getting the interview. You know, we don't really view us as having gotten the interview unless you move past the higher view and you actually get to speak to a human being. Okay, so that's the first thing is that you gotta know they give these very liberally, but a lot of people they get to the higher view stage and they go excited. And then they don't actually move on to the next round. And it just keeps happening over and over and over again. And because you're not even talking to a human being, you don't have a read on why they're not picking you or, or what you're doing wrong. And that can be frustrating, 
right? And so um, today I want to like kind of just walk you guys through just like three tips on how to do well in these higher views. But before we even get there, um, why are these firms using these higher views? Well, theoretically, it's allowing the banks to quote unquote democratize the recruiting process, right? And, and theoretically, this is supposed to benefit you more if you go to say a non-target school because historically, the banks, they have a limited uh, amount of human resources and like the bankers are busy. They'll send the bankers on campus to go and recruit, but they can't send the bankers to every single school. Right, so the bankers historically have typically only gone to like the top schools, like an Ivy League school or some of the top public schools. That's where this concept of target school and non-target school came from, right? Because if you go to a target school, it's a lot easier for you to get into investment banking because the banks are proactively trying to uh, find you and they're proactively trying to recruit from your campus. Whereas if you're not from a target school, they don't go to your school, so they have no idea who you are, right? And so. Doing the higher view and automating this process using a machine learning algorithm allows the banks to, again, like I said, give these to pretty much almost everyone. Like in my experience, what I've seen is unless you have some um, humongous red flag, like, you know, your GPA is horrible and just doesn't make the cutoff uh, or something like that, you will probably most likely get a higher view. Okay. And so supposedly kind of evens the playing field a little bit. Now, the, the nice thing about the higher views is that there is like a set list of questions, uh, probably about between supposedly 100 to 150 questions that these banks are choosing from and they're, and they're cycling through. Like it's not the same questions every year, but within each year, um, it's the same questions that everyone's getting. That's how they can kind of like benchmark you against the rest of the competition, right? So um, most of these questions also, by the way, are typically behavioral questions, okay, or situational questions. I say most of them because there can always be exceptions. And also, um, sometimes these questions will have what's called sub-questions or like, you know, follow-up questions, right? And so it kind of requires you to think on your feet a little bit. Um, now, typically, you're going to have to answer anywhere from five to seven higher view questions, okay? And so um, if you go through the entire thing, now you should be done in no more than 30 minutes. Just like how uh, a first-round interview used to be even if you were to interview with the with the um, actual banker it's, it's probably around five to seven questions in a 30 minute interview as well right so it kind of simulates that and depending on the bank different banks will do it slightly differently okay usually you're gonna get 30 minutes sorry not 30 minutes 30 seconds of prep time for each question that you have to answer so they'll put the question up on the screen and they'll give you 30 seconds to organize your thoughts and think about how you want to answer this question, right? And after the 30 seconds is up, you'll usually have about two minutes or sometimes three minutes to respond. Like I believe Goldman Sachs is two minutes and then JP Morgan is three minutes or maybe it's the other way around, right? But like different banks do it differently, but usually it's around two to three minutes, um, which again, by the way, it's not a, it's not a coincidence. Um, for most of your behavioral answers, it should be no more than two to three minutes long in general, right? If you're going beyond that, you're probably rambling and you're going into too much detail, right? So you have about two to three minutes to deliver your answer. Um, and then it used to be that some banks, uh, and this might still be the case, I'm not sure, but it used to be that some banks will give you uh, opportunities to redo. Like if you don't like your first take, you can do a second take, right? You can do a third take and so on and so forth. But I think... More and more now, what we're seeing is these banks don't give you second chances. So after your 30 seconds of preparation, 
you have one take to get this right, right? So you better get it right, right? Um, and so anyway, that's like a quick high level overview of like what a higher view is. And then so let's talk about more importantly, how do you pass the higher view, right? And so there's three tips that I have for you and I'm going to make this quick, okay? The first thing is you want to find out what the questions are beforehand because like I said, every single year, the questions are uh, sorry, year to year, the questions are different, but within a single year, within the same recruiting cycle, the questions are the same for everybody, right? And so if you can find out what the questions are from other people first, then it's a lot easier because it's kind of like knowing the questions that are going to be on the test before you take the test, right? Um, and so that, that's the first thing. If you can't find out, then um, just know that there are typically three types of questions to prepare for, right? There's like the standard guaranteed behavioral questions like, why do you want to do banking or tell me about yourself or walk me through your resume or like, why are you interested in our firm? Those are like what we lump into the guaranteed questions category. Then the second type is like more like situational questions. So like, tell me about a time when you did X, Y, Z. Tell me about a time when you demonstrated leadership. Tell me about a time when you had to overcome a challenge. Tell me about a time when you had to work with someone uh, who was a difficult individual, whatever it may be. Right. So you got to have these examples prepared. And then the last type of questions that we've seen is like kind of like market related questions. So like having a, an opinion about something that's going on in the industry, a specific M&A or IPO deal that's happened, or maybe being able to um, talk about what's going on in the economy or the stock market or pitching a stock even. So those are probably like the three main type of questions to just at a high level be prepared to answer if you don't know what the exact questions are going to be. Um, the second tip is to make sure your setup is fail-proof. What does this mean? Make sure you're in the right environment. Make sure the background uh, in your room looks good, looks clean, right? Like you're, you're gonna be on screen, you're gonna be getting interviewed. Don't have like inappropriate posters up on your wall. Don't have all your clothes all messy in the background, on the floor, didn't make your bed, whatever it may be. Like usually what I like to do is just like sit in front of a plain white background, like a, like a wall, right? Um, with, with no distractions behind you, okay? Uh, make sure that your microphone's working. Make sure your computer's functioning. Make sure your speaker's working. You probably want to test all these things out before you actually jump on there because we have heard stories of people that um, ran into technical difficulties and then they couldn't retake it. There's no redos. Then they reach out to HR and try to explain, but it's like at that point, your chances are probably close to zero, right? Um, and so that's the second thing. You don't want to mess up for silly reasons like that. And then the last thing is time management, right? So again, you have 30 seconds to organize your thoughts. So you have to think quickly on your feet, right? You have to, hopefully, what you would do is you have certain stories or examples prepared already beforehand. And then the 30 seconds that what you're doing is you're just kind of outlining the story, like identifying the story that you want to use out of the three or five stories that you prepared. And then you're outlining kind of your bullet points on what you want to hit on. And then like sometimes you might have to tweak certain things from the example that you're choosing because, you know, the question they ask is maybe a variation of what you were expecting or is slightly different. But that's not too difficult uh, too difficult to do, right? The other thing about time management is like making sure that you're not going over the two or three minutes, right? Because if you go over and you run out of time, then your answer is incomplete. But also at the same time, don't feel pressured to use up the entire two to three minute allotment because if you're done with the answer, and there's still 30 seconds left or whatever, that's fine. Some people feel like, oh, they have to keep going. They have to use up all the time. And then they start rambling. Um, it's quality over quantity. Okay. So that's those are basically like the three 
my quick high level tips I would give you. And so like, just to show you, like typically what we do um, with our clients is like, our clients will actually share this intel with each other, right? So what I'm showing you here is like our Facebook group. So our clients will like, this is an example of a client. He came in and showed, um, he said, hey, I just had my hire view for Goldman and here are the questions that I got, right? And he listed out the seven or eight questions and Goldman also asked like, you know, um, division specific questions depending on which divisions you apply to, right? So there's one for investment banking, there's one for, uh, you know, investment management and then forgot what GIR stands for, right? Um, and then like, here's another example, right? We, went, we had another client come in and say, hey, in case anyone hasn't completed JP Morgan Hierarchy yet, here are the five questions I was asked so that you all can get a leg up. And he listed out the exact five questions. And then other clients down here, they started asking follow-up questions like, hey, how long were you given to answer each question? Um, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, whatever follow-ups you had. And then this other client said, hey, uh, these two questions that I got were slightly different than the ones above. So our clients will constantly share this information with each other um, and just help each other out. Like, we, have, we just have a very... A collaborative community it's not this cutthroat thing people are always helping each other out everyone's winning together because our success rate is so high anyway we have an over 90 percent uh, success rate most of our clients are getting these jobs so they're not worried there's no scarcity right they're not like oh if you get this job i'm not going to get this job so it's important to f find yourself uh, an environment like this or, or a community like this where you guys can share this type of intel with each other and help each other out and support each other right um and then Here's one last example of like, you know, our clients sharing um, the Bank of America hire view questions. Uh, and so if you can do that, again, this is probably half the battle, right? And then like what our clients will do is they'll go and they'll write out their answers to every single one of these hire view questions. Then they'll actually send it to us and have us vetted for them. And then they'll go and practice and rehearse it and make sure it stays within the time limits. And then by the time they get on the hire view, um, they already know what's coming. And they already know exactly how they want to deliver their answer versus the people that they're competing with. They're getting on the higher view in the dark. They don't know what to expect. They're seeing the question for the first time. They have 30 seconds to uh, actually prepare for it. And then um, they have to kind of impromptu their answer on the spot. That is so much harder to do. Right? Like, Who do you think is going to be more likely to pass the higher view and move to the second round? Which, by the way, it's a big deal because if you can pass the higher view nowadays, the second round is typically the super day, which means then you're only one step away from getting an offer. If you pass the super day, then, then you have the offer in hand, right? So the higher view is absolutely critical. It's so important. Um, and it can be a lot easier than probably how you were planning on doing it, right? So hopefully this helps you guys. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out and let us know. We'll be happy to help you out, all right? Thanks for listening to this episode. Interested in discovering how you can get personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching from Wall Street Mastermind to help you beat out the massive amount of competition out there? Head on over to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And the street is abbreviated to ST, so it's really wall, stmastermind.com slash apply. And our team looks forward to speaking with you.